What's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts and welcome to the V-Twin Life here on YouTube. We talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins, what fuels our passion, why you enjoy it so much. V-Twin Life is brought to you by these two great companies, Crash Ink Clothing and Wild Ass Seats. Hey, you want to add some comfort to your ass when you're out riding, whether you're a 400 mile guy or maybe a guy that's pushing a thousand plus or female rider for that matter, hey, check out wild-ass.com and add some comfort to your ass. Can't forget Crashing Clothing, that Northwest brand out of the Pacific Northwest. Hey, these guys got a lot of great stuff from t-shirts to hats, raincoats, you name it. Hey, they can get you covered. Check out CrashingClothing.com. Now, let's dive into another milepost of the V-Twin life. Hey, what's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts and welcome back to another milepost in the V-Twin life. We're here at milepost 65, doing something different. We're here uh, a little early than normal. Normally, we're at 5 o'clock, but hey, it's that holiday weekend, Memorial weekend. And so, if we would do it a little earlier, maybe a lot of guys got plans, people getting out with families and whatnot. So, we're going to start early. Hey, maybe some of those guys, people, women, get out, go for a ride, enjoy the day, and spend some time with the family. So, hey, let's dive into milepost 65 with the Lady Rebel. Hey, thanks, Jen, for coming on and taking time out and coming and uh, sharing your stories and talking motorcycles. Well, thanks for having me, Denver. I appreciate it. So I guess we can start, you know, kind of getting the beginning is where, what got you inspired into motorcycles? Um, so I started out as a passenger about three years ago. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's when I started riding was three years ago. I was a passenger before that. And for my 30th birthday, I was like, uh, hey, I, uh, I'm tired of being on the back. I want to ride my own. So Got myself an Indian Scout, and I haven't been a passenger since. <laughs> nice. So you're yeah. basically, you know, a relatively new somewhat to motorcycles? Yeah, I would consider myself a new rider for sure. Which is fun, you know, getting to meet so many people because everybody starts different places in life. It's like I was surprised I had uh, Beggars and Brews, and they only started riding like 10 years ago. And it's either seems a lot of people start in dirt when they're young or so growing up, I was never a part of motorcycles at all. Actually, my mom was very against motorcycles. So it was always, you know, don't do that. It's dangerous. Never do that uh, type of thing. And then um, kind of when I became an adult, I did my own thing. And she, I put her, she's been on the back of a motorcycle and she just went up and down the street, but she absolutely loved it. So I were trying to kind of convert her into being more accepting of motorcycles, but um, yeah, it was not something that I grew up around. It was something later in life that um, I became interested in, and now I absolutely love. Awesome. So, what was the little hook that really that got you into it that you made you want to try riding on your own? Um, I don't know. A lot of people encouraged me to to try getting out on my own. You know, a lot of people. We'd go to um, like bike rallies and events and things like that. And people would ask like, oh, where are, so when are you going to get your own? When are you going to ride? So a lot of people were very encouraging of me getting on my own. Um, so I think that was a huge part of it, just the encouragement of other people and, you know, giving it a try of something that I wanted to do that I've never done before. And, you know, there is a learning curve and just challenge accepted kind of thing. And that's what's great. Uh, I've found, you know, the, the years in the motorcycle community is it's a very supportive group of people and it's an awesome community to be part of. And it, like you said, I, I love to hear that the support you had from, you know, within your circle of people that really helped you to, you know, get on two wheels yourself and, and support you in that adventure. Yeah. It, the people have been nothing but supportive. So it's been great. 
So what drew you towards now? I'll let everybody, you know, you can kind of fill them in on what you ride. Uh, so I have a 2018 Indian Scout. It is a willow green and cream. So that kind of like vintage classic look. Um, but it's an Indian motorcycle. A lot of people ask me if I've ever been on a Harley or why don't I ride Harley? Um, Indian motorcycle is just so, so it's becoming more and more popular. Um, they are known for, you know, being the first motorcycle company back in 1901. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I just love the look of an Indian and it is my first bike, the Indian scout. And it was gentle enough in the beginning, but still powerful enough to where I haven't grown out of it yet type of thing. So, um, it's, I, I love it. Um, I recently had the opportunity to ride the Pursuit, the new Indian Pursuit, um, which is more of like a touring bike. So I'm thinking mm, that might be my next bike, kind of an upgrade from, not really an upgrade because I still love my Scout, but something to go more long distance. Um, I was watching your little intro with Wild Ass and I was like, ooh, I kind of need one of those for my Scout because it's not quite for long distance. But yeah, um, They are amazing. <laughs> I might have to check that out for sure for my scout. I know later I want to, I want to dive into some of that, the talk about the pursuit when you had the opportunity to spend a few days riding that, that must've been amazing. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. So have you done much to your scout to kind of make it a little more personal, make it yours? Oh, uh, yo. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I've done, I have a clockworks, um, fender in the front. That's different than the stock. Um, I have a new windshield also from Clockworks and I have this beautiful, beautiful tank decal, um, by ba Brave Wolf Customs, um, that he actually took a photo from, of me and created, um, the decal from that photo. So it's definitely a lot more personalized and custom, um, in that sense. And then I have like the little, um, you know, accessories and saddlebag yeah. and things like that. But the main things that I've done to my bike, um, is from Clockworks, um, and Brave Wolf for the decal. Nice. So now you got a favorite area. Now you're down in Las Vegas area. So you got a favorite area that really speaks to you. That you enjoy riding us down there just to get away and enjoy some time. Um, in Las Vegas. So it's not very scenic in Las Vegas. It's a lot of desert. Um, but just for a short little ride, I always tell people um, I love like the Red Rock National Park area is absolutely beautiful. Um, Valley of Fire and not too far from us is um, Southern Utah. So Zion National Park, Bryce Canyon National Park are absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful places to ride that definitely should be on everybody's bucket list for sure. Oh, they are in mine. That's for sure. I've talked to, uh, <laughs> was it in the, early in the podcast at 801 Rhino and he lives in that area. And God, he was telling us some awesome places in Utah. And I've been to Salt Lake City one time, but that was a mad rush trip of straight through from Western Washington down there to pick up a Harley. And we literally turned around and drove back the next morning. Oh yeah. It wasn't, so mu wasn't to... much to be seen, but it was just a, it was a fun adventure in itself too. Yeah. It's always an adventure. <laughs> yeah. I've heard so much about Utah. That is one area that I would love to venture through. Yes, absolutely. So now with your scout, you're just pretty much set up for day riding. Like you said on that, you're not, it's not so much a, a multi-day adventure bike that you get out for more than a day on, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, so I don't have any saddle. I have one very, very small saddle bag, um, that holds like my toolkit. That's it. Um, but I did go on a ride from Vegas to Santa Barbara, California. It took me about six hours. Um, it was for babes ride out. So the motor camping or all female moto camping, mm -hmm. 
camping trip. And uh, I had to carry everything in a backpack. So I had like my tent, my sleeping bag, everything on a backpack. It was definitely not the most comfortable ride because my back hurt um, and my rear end hurt too. Um, so that's probably the farthest I would go on my bike just because it's not made for long distance. Like you said, it's more of like scooting around town, um, like maybe a day ride, but not multiple day to where either I'm camping or I have to carry a lot of gear with me. Right. So then I guess that's where we can dive into the adventure when you got to go on the, the pursuit ride. So yes. overall, just with the bike, what'd you think of it? We'll start there. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I was so close to just riding that thing home. <laughs> I did not want to give it up. It was so comfortable. It was like a Cadillac of, of motorcycles, like, um, cruise control, the big old screen that has the navigation, the Bluetooth music, um, the windshield that goes up and down, um, the seat was so comfortable, just everything that, um, everything that you want in like a long distance touring bike, it had like seat warmers, um, grip warmers, everything. So it was a very different experience being on a touring bike versus my scout, um, so for Epic Pursuits, we started in San Francisco, California, and we rode through um, like Monterey, through Big Sur, um, and then we went inland and ended up in Joshua Tree. Um, normally that wouldn't take very long um, for that ride, but since we were filming for Epic Pursuits, it was a lot of like stopping, turning around, um, redoing shots, um, drone footage, things like that. So it took a lot longer than if you just mm -hmm. drove straight through from San Francisco to Joshua right. Tree. Um, but it was such an adventure, such an experience. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was it was amazing. And being able to be on the 2022 Pursuit, like I, I was like a kid in a candy shop. I was like, let's ride, let's ride, let's ride the whole time. So it was a I lot imagine. of fun. Yeah. See, I've been on the, the 2020 Challenger, and I don't know if the seat is different from in the last few years they've changed anything, but I will agree the seat on when I rode the Challenger was super comfortable. I was impressed with that. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was really cool. So last year I was a part of um, the photo shoot for Indian Pursuits. Um, so if you look at some of like the ads and stuff, I'm in mm -hmm. um, some of those for the pursuit and um, some of the riding shots. I was the passenger. So I got to be on the pursuit last year as a passenger just for very, very short distances as we were doing um still footage um like photos and stuff um so i didn't get to ride i was a little bitter about that um so this time actually being able to ride and being in the driver's seat was a way better experience just because i got to you know control it and and right. be in the front as opposed to being a passenger so i kind of got both perspectives of being the passenger on the pursuit and the rider on the pursuit well, in that case, so if, how much time did you spend, like, say, for that passenger time? Because my curiosity is, you know, for people looking at it, how would you rate the passenger seat for somebody that's going to be a passenger on it? Oh, my goodness. It, that was also very comfortable. Um, just being able to lean back. It's it's very roomy. So um, there's a lot of space between you and the, the driver, um, which is awesome. Not having to be, like, cramped up up against mm -hmm. your, you know, your rider. Um, so there's a lot of space and then just the way the seat curves around you, it's so comfortable. You can put your arms up kind of like in a resting position here. Um, there's speakers on some of the, uh, it's an option to get speakers where the passenger seat is. So you can mm -hmm. also hear the music. 
um, which is something when I was a passenger, I was a passenger on a chieftain and um, it was comfortable, but not comfortable like the pursuit to where there's, you know, that trunk um, that's like the back seat for you and just being surrounded by comfort, really. So that's nice. I know I've seen pictures of it. I haven't yet got to see one in person, but I know when I first started seeing the pictures, it's like, damn, it is a beautiful bike. It really is. It's absolutely gorgeous. So how now, how long was that trip? You, no, it was a multi-day deal, wasn't it? Uh, for Epic Pursuits? Yeah. Yeah, so it was a week long. Um, the first day was a travel day. We rode for six days, and then the last day was also a travel day to and from, because there was people that mm. came from St. Louis, um, Texas. So there were four riders and then one passenger. So five of us total that were on four pursuits. Nice. So basically all just get one and then that was basically your bike for the for the short trip or kind of people yep. just alternate? Um so we all had the same bike. So I rode the Ruby colors. Red. Yeah, the Ruby Red okay. metallic one. So now did you guys get through any like mountainous terrain to kind of you know, get a simulate maybe like a slalom and really handling through corners and, and really trying to test it out? Yeah, one hundred percent. So um that was that's what's awesome is about that trip. Um we started San Francisco, we rode the coast, we rode through the mountains, through um, some national parks in Los Angeles. Um, we rode through Lake Arrowhead, through Big Bear. So that has a lot of like twisty, turny curves um, and then ended up in the desert. So being from the coast to the mountains to the desert, just all that different terrain um, over the course of that week was really cool to see kind of how it handled those sharp, sharp corners in Big Bear and, you know, those straight shots along the coast and things like that. So it was really cool to handled surprisingly well for those sharp, sharp curves, um, which I was a little nervous about because I've never actually been on a large bagger like the pursuit. Um, mm -hmm. I've only been on smaller bikes um, like my scout. So the pursuit is actually about double the weight of my scout. So I was kind of nervous um, going on this larger bike, but it handled so well, so well. It was so nimble um, and very agile, uh, surprisingly, considering how large of a bike it is. So I, it took me probably about a day to get used to because it was so large compared to my Scout. Um, but once I got it, like, I was good. Nice. Yeah. How, was, how do you feel about the, you know, the full weather protection, everything it had? You know, the um, fairing kind of keeping the wind and everything off you? Yeah. There was some points, like when we were leaving Joshua Tree, it was so so windy, which is scary for any person on any bike, regardless of, you know, size of bike, large or small. And um, it, it was a little bit scary. The wind was very, very strong, um, but it, it handled well. I mean, you have that windshield that goes up and down um, and it was it was not too bad. I, I even, even though it was scary, I was still comfortable. Yeah. Well, and having the, the frame mounted fairings makes a large difference because it's not going to affect your handling as well as much where the bars and they're going to cut through it, which is nice. Right. Right. Yeah. That was another thing I was I was interested to experience was how the um, you have that fixed fairing versus like um, the chieftain to where everything moves. Right. So you think you can see yourself down the road on on something more set up for touring? Yeah, I really can. <laughs> I keep <laughs> I keep posting pictures of the pursuit on my Instagram and all my followers are like, 
did you get it? Like, is that your bike? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm still posting pictures from my epic pursuit because I can't get over how beautiful the bike is and, and how much I loved it. So I think definitely it would be a nice addition to the garage because um, like we discussed before, the scout is good for around town, but then mm-hmm. the pursuit is good for like those longer distance rides. Um, just having the opportunity to pack so much stuff in the trunk um, in the, in the saddlebags is a huge, huge plus, especially for longer distance yeah. rides and multiple, multiple day rides. Yeah. Having that extra storage is, is very nice. I remember when I looked at the challenger, I mean, they had keyless entry to lock and unlock your saddlebags and, Kind of nice in a way. You don't got to worry about fumbling with the keys. Hit a button, you can open your bags and get in everything. Right, exactly. Yeah, same thing for the the pursuit. You had that button on the side to where you can just unlock it, lock and unlock it from straight from um, that control center. Nice. So then you guys, you know, drop down through the desert, and then you finish where in Las Vegas, or where did it? Where did that run finish at? Um. So it officially ended in Joshua Tree. Oh, okay. Um, but then on our final day that was not filming, we rode from Joshua tree to orange County where everybody flew out of. So then they trailered bikes to the next destination. So Epic pursuits is going to be a three part series. Um, the first season is already out. Um, they were over on the East coast where they rode from, um, South Carolina down to the Florida keys. Um, so you can watch that on, um, Indian motorcycles, YouTube page now. Um, they're currently editing my my season to where we were doing California. And then they're actually going to do a third season um, in the Pacific Northwest. So they're going from uh, Oregon to Washington. So that oh, nice. trip is going to be – I'm not a part of that trip, but um, they're going to be doing that that trip as well uh, next month. Oh, that would be fun to check that out, follow, yeah. follow along in that adventure. It's neat to see videos like that when you can relate, when you also know some of the area and the roads. And I don't know. It's kind of neat little different when you're watching where you can understand and relate to where they're at. Right. Oh, absolutely. So now do you have any, you know, plans that you plan on doing here in the next little while with your bike or anything else going on when it comes to oh, motorcycle gosh. related stuff? Um, I don't have anything planned at the moment, actually. Um, the weather is nice and toasty here in Las Vegas already. <laughs> um, we've actually been getting a lot of wind which kind of sucks, um, but it's just really windy spring season for us um, now. So it's actually wind- pretty windy today. Um, but I don't have any large trips planned at the moment. I'm sure that'll change over the summer. But for <laughs> now, uh, just scooting around town and enjoying um, like Red Rock, Valley of Fire, Death Valley, places like that around town. So if you could go anywhere, say, you know, this summer, whether you know any bike you want, what would be your dream ride? Some uh, excuse me, dream ride of where you'd want to go. Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, PCH was part of my one of my bucket list items. I wanted to see Big Sur, and I got to do that on the pursuit. Um, so that was a check mark off of that. But um, I have a lot of friends that are headed out to Sturgis this year. Um, there's a group. Uh, if you follow Indian Motorcycle, they have ambassadors um, who just mm-hmm. basically represent the brand. Um, and they are all going to Sturgis. Um, I am not an official ambassador. I like to pretend that I am because they're all of my friends that are ambassadors, um, but they're going to Sturgis. Um, I would be, uh, I don't know if I can do it on my scout. <laughs> That'd be a long, uncomfortable ride, but um, Sturgis on my bike, riding there, not trailing a bike would be on my bucket list eventually one day. So 
we'll see. <laughs> well, you could ride it up there, and Wild Ass has a booth up there. You can just you know get a Wild Ass, and and then you'd be comfortable for the way back. Oh, perfect. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's the biggest thing that you really thoroughly enjoy that you love about riding since you've started? Um, gosh, I would probably have to say the community, like like we talked about before, just people being so encouraging of, you know, women riders getting on their own two wheels and, um, you know, breaking that stigma of motorcycles is mainly a um, male dominant industry, you know, like female riders can ride too and and we can keep up type of thing, you know? So just being able to see how many more female riders there are is, is really, really cool. And just how encouraging everyone is. So I'd have to say one of the best parts is just the community. You know, I have people that say, you know, if you're ever in such and such state, hit me up and we'll go for a ride type of thing, you know, just being able to, to meet people from all different walks of life, um, with all different type of motorcycles, different motorcycle experience, and just being able to, you know, hop on two wheels and enjoy it together, which is amazing thing. I feel like there's not a lot of industries where you can do that type of thing, just complete strangers get together and enjoy something that they love together. Right. And I know I have another, you know, female friend, Jenny, who was on the, on early and she was showing me some information shared with me. And it's amazing in the last five years, how the women demographic, how it has really grown. I mean, it's really catching on and more and more women are riding and it's awesome. It's, you know, it's something to see because it can be so therapeutic in a way, you know, when you, you can have a bad day or whatnot and go out for, you know, 10 minutes, 10 miles, 20 miles or something. And just enjoy yourself. Like I said, get that camaraderie, you know, interact and meet with people. Like, you know, the old story of, you know, you can go get gas and somebody can see a bike, you know, any age. And all of a sudden that one minute gas stop turns into 10 minutes when, because you, you start talking to somebody that can relate to it, or maybe they used to ride or still do, but they're driving. And it, it's just awesome. The people that you can meet on two wheels. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I get, yeah. I get people that stop me at gas stations and, you know, ask me about my bike, the year, um, the type of bike it is and things like that. And, you know, even just at a stoplight, getting those, that thumbs up from someone mm-hmm. in a car or, you know, a good job or, you know, things like that is really cool to see. So it's very, it's very empowering. It's, it's a lot of fun. It is. And it, it makes you feel good. I mean, cause the whole thing, it's like, you know, you have yours and it's, it's the neatest thing where somebody gets a bike and you, you know, you do those little things to make it yours. It's not like everybody else. I mean, sure. The model is there, but you do the little things to make it subtly different, and you build that bike to be uh, a part of you, a part of your personality and how you want it. And everybody's is different, and it's really neat to see what people do with their bikes just to make it that different and make it their own. Right, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I don't think I could ever get rid of my Scout. Like, I can't I can't just trade it in because I've made it mine, you know? So mm-hmm. I've it's my first bike, and I've customized it to the way that I like and the, the look that I like. So... I don't think I could ever give it up. I would just have to, to add to the garage, not not exchange. <laughs> oh, there you go. Another way we can have company when it sits there. Somebody to talk right. to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so would you probably stick with Indian for another one, you think? Or you have no idea just because you're really not sure when? Um, I So you know how Harley fans are like diehard Harley fans? Um, oh, yeah. I just... I just have fallen in love with Indian motorcycle. Like I just love everything about it. Like the community, even within Indian motorcycle and having that, you know, that tight knit community, mm-hmm. 
of Indian motorcycle riders. And I just really love the look of their bikes, how they run, not saying, you know, that Harleys or any other brands don't run as well or don't look as well. I just, it's just a brand that I found that I love and that I will probably stick with just because I'm becoming a diehard fan for it. So, Oh, and them too. I mean, you know, like Harley, I mean, with Indian, they're a piece of American history. Right. And it, you know, I don't, I don't care what one person rides. I mean, I'll, I'll ride with anybody. It's just, we all have our preferences. Everybody wants something different, but you look at Harley and in Indian, I mean, they are the two oldest companies in America and you know, they've all stamped their places in history and, and either one are that are beautiful bikes. Yeah. It just comes down to, Hey, what fits you and what do you want? And right. Doesn't matter what other people think you like it, you enjoy it. It's, it's yours and ride it and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Um, so I'll get messages, um, on Instagram that are like, how come you don't ride a Harley? Like you, let me, let's talk. Let me convince you to ride a Harley. And I'm like, you can ride a Harley. That's perfectly fine. Um, I've mm-hmm. been on Harleys and they're great bikes, but, um, let me ride what I want to ride because right. I found what I love. And there's a reason why I love Indians and that I ride Indians and it's cool. You can ride whatever you want. I don't care. I will not bash on what you ride because it's got two wheels. Let's just go ride. Who cares what it is? (laughs) I don't care what year it is, what it looks like. As long as it got two wheels and it's got a motor and it can ride, let's just ride. Yep. Enjoy it and have fun. Exactly. You know, taking places, see sights and better on fuel economy right now with these prices. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm getting ready to go to South Dakota and, well, actually, in about three weeks, and okay, I wish the gas prices would go the other way, but oh well, I'm still gonna go. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, that'll be. How long are you going for? Um, I'll be gone for seven days, I think. Now I extended it another day. Okay. Sort of right over there because they have the big Hokahe, which is a ten thousand mile, ten day endurance charity ride. Wow. Total of fourteen. I think it's fourteen days to be a finisher. Okay. And the it's done every other year so in 2020 i've had nine of the top 10 finishers have all been on the podcast and now wild ass the owner craig johnson signed up and he's going to be doing it this year and so he called me he's like hey you ought to come out you know everybody's here you meet everybody i'm like oh yeah and he's like it's only 1200 miles it's like a day ride i'm like oh, <laughs> right so i end up you know talk to my wife and say hey you know let's let's go to south dakota for a wedding anniversary <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're gonna go over there and you know get to meet a lot of people and finally see them face to face and i think going over there before it sturges will also be really cool because we're gonna spend three days over there and be nice to go see like devil's tower you know mount rushmore do the needles highway but when there's not a million other bikes there maybe right. a little less crowded and kind of enjoy some of the black hills and see it for you know its beauty and hopefully it'll be a little bit more open space yeah oh for sure yeah so yeah, yeah i'm but- excited that Oh, that sounds like so much fun. That'll be, that'll be good. Um, that long endurance rides, you just uh, reminded me. So with my scout, my tank is very, very small. So I have to, I have to stop for gas about every, to be safe. I stop like every hundred miles. So that's another reason why I don't do long distance on my bike, just because like I have to constantly be like, okay, where's the next gas stop and just plan it out to make sure that I don't run out of gas. Um, so with like the larger pursuit, like that was not a concern at all. 
I did that on one trip. I, I was going through an area that I wasn't familiar with, and I I had planned everything out. You know, I figured, I mean, I got a five gallon tank, so I can go roughly two hundred miles. So I would I would put in gas stops one hundred fifty to one hundred seventy miles, and I got an Eastern Oregon, had it set for the store, and I pull in to get gas, and my gas light came on a couple miles before the gas station. I pull in there, it was still under construction. Oh, I'm like, oh no! Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> pulled back out, pulled on the highway, and about four miles later, pah, 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 I'm out of gas. Like, shit. oh no! Luckily, my wife and kids—they were following. I mean, they were in the truck, and yeah, so they end up, you know, going farther down the road, getting a gas can, and coming back to save me. But it's like, yeah, shit. That even trying to plan it out is still backfired on me. It's like, crap. yeah, yeah. That's why you gotta but, have a backup plan to your plan, <laughs> just in case. They do make those nice little bottles you can buy for, you know, an extra half gallon, gallon of gas. That yeah. They even have, uh, I don't remember, I think it was Saddleman. I could be wrong, but they make a, a gas can for the Harleys that's contoured to fit the saddlebag. So oh, it sits nice. in the very back corner. It's a one gallon can, but that way you can still put a saddlebag liner in there, your clothes, or yeah. I really wouldn't want to put clothes in with a gas can, but. Right. It's made to fit inside your saddlebag for extra, you know, one gallon gas. Or I've also seen now companies make the little metal ones that kind of look like a um, water bottle. Yeah, yeah. That's what I have. I have like a small one. It's probably like not big. Uh, yeah. Luckily, I've never had to use it, but I it fits in my little tiny saddlebag next to my tool bag. Um, and I just, just in case. Yeah, I've thought about getting one just in case for that reason because you never know. I mean, I've it's happened to me once and. I had it happen one time on another trip. Luckily, I got cut off on a highway on the last exit in uh, Idaho where it's going to get gas. I'm like, well, hopefully I can find something else. Well, then you start going through all these little mountain areas of northern Idaho, and all of a sudden my gas light comes on. I'm like middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I roll this little hill, and I see the sign. You know, it was Ross Lake General Store, and I see a little gas pump sign and see yeah. me under it. I'm like, please. I pulled them there, and I put 4.8 gallons in a five-gallon tank. <laughs> Oh, you're cutting it close. Like, thank God. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it's like one of those things you, you you worry about it, but then you know afterwards, or even you know five minutes down the road, you can just kind of chuckle and it's like you know, then you know a little story. Or it's like now I know exactly where that store is. If I'm ever passing through Idaho, I know where there's a little gas station in the middle of nowhere. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. Oh it's, man. You know, it, it's it's all fun. I I think it's part of the adventure. I mean, I've had a breakdown once and it sucked for that time, but five hours later we're back on the road and you can laugh about it. It's just another story you have somewhere to like, you know, share around the campfire, so to speak. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's fun. I mean, I, I enjoy motorcycles. It's really neat to, you know, like reaching out to you and hearing your story and, you know, being able to share that with other people and, you know, hopefully inspire other women also to, you know, maybe take that adventure and, and learn to ride. Yeah. I love seeing, um, like more and more of these all female rides, um, like rides and events and things like that. Um, like I mentioned, Babes Ride Out in uh, Santa Barbara, they have a few. Um, there's one on the East Coast. There's two in California that they do every year. And um, I bring up Instagram a lot because that's like my main avenue of like connecting with followers mm -hmm. and, and friends and things like that. And um, being able to connect with other female riders or any rider um, on Instagram, not knowing who they are in person, but kind of getting to know them through like their, their posts and their mm -hmm. stories and things like that. And then um, linking up at one of those events and actually being able to meet them in person is really cool just because, you know, you feel like, you know, this person, 
through like messaging them on Instagram or commenting on their pictures and posts and things like that. And then actually meeting the person in person at one of these motorcycle events is is really cool. Just being able to connect, which is the beauty of social media, you know, being able to connect um, online and then meeting in person and, and, you know, like knowing, oh yeah, that person is just as sweet in person as they are online, which is cool to see, you know, because sometimes you get that fake persona online um, and they're completely different in person, but everybody that I've met, that I've met online and then met in person, they've just been so sweet and so nice and so encouraging. And it's really cool um, just going back to, you know, that community aspect of, of the motorcycle industry is really cool. Now, I guess kind of we'll go back to being, did you go through the, like a multi-day motorcycle safety course when you went to get your endorsement and everything? Uh, so yes, I did. Um, so I took that, the basic riders course through MSF, um, SF, yeah, sorry. Um, when I, in 2017. Um, so I took it a lot, uh, like farther in advance than when I actually got my first bike, which wasn't until 2019. So I um, did take that basic riders course. It's the like in-class pers- uh, portion, and then they do the riding portion the second mm-hmm. day. Um, and then at the end of that day, the, I think it's the second day, You, if you pass the test, then you they give you your motorcycle license. So I didn't have to go to the DMV or anything like that. It was just through the riders course. Um, and then there was a period of time, about a year and a half, where I didn't ride at all. Um, I just didn't buy a bike. I didn't do anything with it um, until 2019 when I bought my Scout. Um, so I took the course about two years before I even got my first bike. So I had to refresh a little bit in the parking lot and remember how to ride again <laughs> after I got my first bike. I actually didn't even ride at home. I had somebody else ride at home for me after I bought it because I was like, ah, I don't remember how to ride. And I wasn't quite comfortable riding in the streets yet. Um, but then after I brought it home, I practiced in the parking lot, practiced, you know, up and down the street. And then I went to stop signs and stoplights and then eventually the freeway. So, um, it was, it was tough learning to ride at first. Like I almost thought that I wasn't going to be able to do it. I was like, I, I can't do this. It was, I was stalling like every time I stopped and it was, it was a challenge, but I just remembered, you know, how many other people have accomplished this. I was like, I could do this challenge accepted. I can do this. There you so, go. Yeah. It just, it just, you know, took practice, but just like anything, any skill that you learn for the first time, it takes practice. So now, uh, now you can't get me off it. I love it. That's all. And then, you know, you can look back and, and look how far you've gone from then and, you know, going out with the pursuit and everything you've accomplished and the people and, you know, some of the companies you got to work with is it's awesome. It is like when I first got my bike, never in a million years would I ever think that I would do anything like doing um, a mini series for Indian motorcycle or doing a photo shoot for Indian motorcycle. Like I, those are, these are like top brand names. Like I, I wouldn't yeah. think that they would choose me to, you know, be a part of a photo shoot, but I've had the opportunity to, and it's, it's been amazing. I'm really truly blessed and, and thankful for those opportunities for sure. And I never would have had them if I didn't get on a bike. So. Yeah. You know, life on two wheels has opened a lot of doors for you, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. It really has. It really has. You know, different life experiences that you, you wouldn't have found. So it's, that's super cool. It's awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and, you know, doing a little episode and kind of sharing your backstory and, and talking motorcycles. You want to feel free to, you know, plug your social media where people can follow you and find your adventures and everything. Yeah, for sure. So mostly um, Instagram at lady underscore rebel 18 um, is my Instagram. From there, um, if you click on like my link in bio, it'll take you to my YouTube, which um, doesn't have a lot of stuff right now, but I'm going to start slowly adding more things into it. Um, but mostly Instagram, like I said, at lady underscore rebel 18 and feel free to, you know, drop a comment or DM, say hi. Um, let me know that you watch this podcast and we'll connect from there. Awesome. Well, Hey, thank you so much, everybody. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another mile post on the V twin life. Remember guys, Hey, ride safe, have fun, enjoy that open road. And, uh, we'll catch you out on the back roads.